0: Gentlemen, we're back. Adam. Super Bowl today. Woo. <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Sunday, yes. Sunday.
1: It is. Are you guys going to have a Sunday today?
0: The D-A-E a Sunday.
1: Sunday? Probably not. No? Would be my guess. Do you ever see the Simpsons episode uh, with Jack Crowley?
0: No.
1: Voiced no. by Michael Keaton? I don't no? think so. The one where um, he's like an artist in prison and then Marge lets them live with mm-hmm. them. No. All right, so there's a running joke not in it. Not the
0: one who, like, he pretends to be Michael Jackson or something, or am I thinking something else?
1: No, that's a different episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Um, This one is, uh, well, like, like, basically, you don't have to the plot, but the running joke is every time it's like, oh, can we go get this or go get that? And it's, like, not until you finish your Sunday. And then there's, like, a huge Sunday they're holding, they're eating it, and it looks like they're in pain. Then eventually, like, the fourth time, Marge is like, what's wrong with my Sundays?
0: I found that to be very familiar that you say about it. By the way, that quote-unquote Michael Jackson episode, the happy birthday Lisa song, is one of the most heartwarming parts in the series, by the way. I remember that very vaguely from watching The Simpsons when I was younger. Okay, that's when you know you you can start aging yourself as you lived in a time when The Simpsons was tolerable. You know why? Why?
1: Because Conan O'Brien was the lead writer at the time. Was he? Yes, that was his uh, first big job. Well, SNL, but then Simpsons was like when he said that he had more creative freedom.
0: That explains a lot. That explains a lot. Okay, gentlemen. uh, It is Super Bowl before we get into all the hockey because there's many hockey to talk about. The first question is a very simple one. Who is winning the Super Bowl today? My guess I'm go. I've been with them all playoffs. I'm going to Cincinnati Bengals for Harambe. I can't believe they brought that (laughs) back.
1: Daniel. I am going for the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams. How could you? Um, the L.A. Rams. I, I already. I think I mentioned it already before, but yeah. Matt Stafford is childhood friends with Clayton Kershaw, one of my favorite athletes across all sports. Um, they they grew up together um, in high school. Matt Stafford was actually the personal catcher for Clayton Kershaw on their high school baseball team back in Texas.
0: Neat. I like that. You know who yeah. also predicted the Rams.
1: Our Dodger
0: Tofoli. For those of you who don't know who Dodger Tofoli is, that is cat and Tyler Tofoli's dog, who was named after the LA Dodgers. And he predicted the Rams via food in the bowl because dogs. So <laughs> you're on that note. Alex, what about you?
2: Um, well, I think last time we talked about this, I said the Bengals. So I will go with the Bengals.
0: I appreciate that. Let's go. This is all for Brendan Gallagher. Even if the winner lose the game that's going on with Montreal, at least he'll go home and be like, you know what? Hopefully I can watch my bagels. If they lose the same day that Montreal, then we'll uh, we'll see what happens. one nothing Buffalo right now. It was Jeff Skinner. Heartbreak. You have to say it
1: the way we love it.
0: I can't put that much energy this okay. early into the show. <laughs> okay. okay. It hurts my ribs. and I, My ribs are hurting from when I fell down the stairs the other day.
1: What? You this don't is see news the group to me. Cat.
0: I fell down some stairs the other day.
1: Like Are you okay? No. No. And
0: um I a when I go up the stairs if I lead off with more, like a certain leg it hurts. Um, the other one no. Like getting up in that is a challenge. Like it's my ribs are hurting for some reason. My head's good now but for the last oh 2 days God. it was I'd go like sometimes I have a headache and then I'd be kind of nauseous and my appetite would come and go. My family was like maybe it's a concussion and I feel good now but yeah no it was I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs>
1: This happens when you don't look at the group chat for how many days.
0: Yeah, no. I can only really imagine how many unread messages you have from that thing. Because if you step away for like two hours, it can go yeah, up to 70 it, plus.
1: Like 70 plus. And I, I like that there's corrections as well sometimes. If there's like a typo. And then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you know, considering how those many typos up, I normally throw out. There's a, a lot, lot of <laughs> corrections. And sometimes I just leave it. I'm like, I'll let the guys figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, most anyway, of the time.
2: Uh, Wait, b- before we get to hockey, though. Well, this is hockey related, but I, I, I want to shout out this tweet that you sent earlier this week, Adam. Uh, you yeah. reply. You, it was a reply oh. to one of my tweets. Yeah. But it was so good. I think it needs to be right on the show. <laughs> go ahead, so go for, ahead. Those, for those of you who if you're listening and not in Ontario or not in Canada, uh, Doug Ford, our premier or I, I don't know how, what the comparison is. But
0: governor, if you're sure,
2: I guess Um, he had a press conference this week that was supposed to start at ten thirty, which then got delayed to ten forty five, but then didn't start until like ten fifty. So I tweeted if Mike Babcock had a presser about Doug Ford's press conference, he'd say, "quote We got to start on time," which Adam replied to with the perfect quote and exactly what Mike Babcock would say. He's out there with his little shovel helping the little guys. He may be tardy, but he's a good man from a good family. Diet's a concern, though, and you got to eat well to be on a Mike Babcock team. I'm <laughs> but, like, that's look, perfect.
0: I, I, I considered not tweeting the last part of that about the diet, but like the, the man is snowmobiling while the capital city of the country is, in his words, under siege right now. So I think all the gloves are off for the man. Also, um, doesn't do anything for students, so I don't care about the dude. I don't, so um, thank you. I thought it was, I thought it was good. So You're a know, good. good man, you'll You're a uh, you know, good family, but you know, not quite, you'll know, still gotta iron out some stuff if he wants to play for uh, for this team. You know, a lot of stuff going on there, anyway. What do we open the show with? We got a lot to talk My about. Lord. We, we have a
1: lot, to we're gonna be here for like four hours.
0: Yeah, that's not gonna happen. I'm <laughs> we're, not, we're not letting, oh, not not letting that happen. Well, how about we start with the Canadians, because they are playing at this very moment. Every sure. time they catch Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes in the, in, in the, in wherever they're sitting, I just kind of think. Hope. You poor, poor gentleman, you're seeing hope. this and you're realizing how much work you have to do. Were you about to say something there, Daniel? Like oh,
1: yes. Yeah. Like every time I see them, I thought, hope. And now they went a different it- direction.
0: It is. No, do you know what? it's? It's been very refreshing the last couple of days. Since we spoke, I mean, just to actually, before we, we really go into Montreal, a preview of the show, we're going to talk about Marshawn suspension, same with Marcus Foligno. We we get to talk about four different press conferences today. Uh, Kevin Dayoff spoke. Don Sweeney spoke. It was a bit of a shorter one, not as much. Uh, Ken Holland spoke because the Oilers fired their coach. Um, we get to talk more about um, also their new coach, which I think is actually – but the pause is actually in Edmonton for once. Uh, Cami Granado in Vancouver. I hate the Canucks for making all these great hires. Uh, the Coyotes and ASU are official. And uh, besides that, we're going to talk about some stuff from 3-2 Thoughts. The Leafs, obviously, because the world is on fire for them right now, as it always is when they lose two straight games. And the Canadians and Marty St. Louis spoke. Um, so I guess, first off, from his press conference, guys, I have like a word that I've sort of described all the press conferences we're talking about today. I described Marty St. Louis. As confident. what do you guys think of that?
2: Um, I, I think that's a pretty solid word to describe it as I think, you know, and I think when we look back at the past regime under Mark Bergerman, every single time someone spoke, it just oozed of anything but confidence. Um, I think it's, it would be fair to say, especially the last Few press conferences. Whereas now, every time you know, I see Kent Hughes. When I saw the Kent Hughes press conference, when I saw the Jeff Gordon press conference, now when I see the Martin St. Louis press conference, it's very different. Like it's it, it it's like they know, it's like they know what they're doing, and they're confident in themselves, and they're confident in in the in the team in a way.
0: What about you, Dan? Because I think Dan, were you the one who put the? Wow, exclamation point in the doc next to his past conference.
2: No, that was me. That, that was, was Alex. you. Oh, yes.
0: okay. oh okay. that's Alex's yeah.
1: signature uh, expression, I think. Wow. yeah wow. And, wow. and it's and it's science. What
0: yeah. about you, Dan because you weren't even you actually weren't even on the podcast because you were busy about I the morning St. Louis hire to begin with.
1: Yeah, for me, it was more of this is gonna be really cliche right now. like I'm use two cliches, but it's like light at the end of the tunnel, I think we were so frustrated with what was going on with Montreal the entire year that now you have the idea of growing pains there that, you know, this is still going to be bad, but we changed things up and we know that there's going to be a lot more positives coming out of this, even though there are still going to be mounting losses here. And for Marty St. Louis to come in, I think that it just kind of stabilizes things that he comes in it's fresh voice. It's a guy that everyone has known and respected and he could kind of just settle things now knowing that, yeah, we're going to lose. We're going to be bad, but we're going to see some positives here. And especially from the young guys right now, um, I believe it was Will Baldwin who said, was it development is never linear. Yes. I kept thinking that before the pod where I'm thinking about Montreal now in a more, I guess, brighter light, positive light in that sense. Now that they have the management team there that are going to be patient, that they know that what they're going to do, And I think even in the interim, and we'll see what happens after, but with Martin and St. Louis, it's just something that it's headed in the right direction that you don't have to get a guy that, you know, like that rotation, that carousel of coaches all the time. And I think that the fact that they broke that right now kind of shows that we were going to try everything necessary to be successful.
0: You know, it's... You talk about hope in different press conferences. The Jeff Gordon one when he was first hired, he loved to see it. Before that, the, the Jeff Molson one. The Kent Hughes one was, oh, my God, I love this so much. And the confidence in the vision of the Canadians of off the ice, you had all the faith in the world. The problem was you would then watch them on the ice under Dom Ducharme and you'd think, my goodness, it's like a, a disease on ice, the way they play. The symptoms were awful. It was, a, it was a genuine pain to watch. Now, Marty St. is currently coaching his third game behind the bench. And you can see, first off, here's something really, really funny. I want to try and find this. Because there was a simple change, apparently, the Habs have made so far uh, that now, obviously you still see some pains here and there because you're not going to change everything, uh, you know, right away. But I want to find this note that Jeff Petrie said, and my goodness, I think if if, if, if anyone was questioning it before, uh, man, I think it's very clear that Dom Ducharme's game plan did not cater to Jeff Petrie. We will talk about him in a second, though, because he kind of caused the Habs game. Uh, this is from Eric Engels a few days ago. Jeff Petrie basically says the Canadians switched to man-on-man coverage in the defensive zone, and that led to more clarity among the players. He talked about the difference there over and over again. The eye test match, the Canadians clearly looked uh, far less confused. I think that was after the first game against Washington. Um, another big thing that's happened already under Marty St. Louis. And obviously, we've talked about the whole thing of he hasn't, he's not, he hasn't coached anything besides you know U uh, thirteen, Pee-wee or something. Yeah, it's been questionable. What's been the big story so far? And do you guys remember what happened for? The, I think it was the first two games after Jeff, uh, sorry, not Jeff, uh, Sheldon Keith took over from Mike Babcock in Toronto. Do you guys remember what happened?
2: Uh, I yeah, I do. What happened, Alex? I believe Tyson Berry scored in the first game.
0: So uh, in the in the first two good games since Dom Duscharn's been fired, Caulfield has scored twice. He, there was a third goal, but it was called back for an offside thing from Tyler Toffoli. Um, and he's actually now been promoted to the top line for this game with Suzuki and Toffoli. So, um, and he his past three, even the game uh, against New Jersey, he looked so good. Uh, him and Suzuki. The big thing, obviously, with, with Mario St. Louis has been this whole thing of not boxing players in the system, but more concepts with structure. Yeah. Really kind of like abstract thinking from players. You know what I mean? The way hockey is. And it's like giving your star player reads. I think what was his line that um, that systems make great players average. He was like, oh, oh, I like it's been yeah. making Twitter rounds everywhere. Yeah. It's the most revolutionary thinking that's come out of the Montreal Canadians organization. This side of 2000.
2: Can uh, do you think Martin say Louis would uh, be willing to take a part time job being our threes coach?
0: Ah, uh, Alex, we don't need to worry about. This. We, we just have to figure out some some. Uh, we just have to figure out some 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 more coverage, some more. We have to figure out a lot of stuff for our threes. By the way, don't you love EA? No, we don't. EA, is, you oh can't figure God. a game out. Oh, we used to love them. Roster,
1: sorry. We used to love them. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Then you grow older and you realize, nah you know, when you start getting a brain for how games should work, you're like, this <laughs> they is took us wrong. for granted. They took they us did. for granted. The fans. They did. They did. No, they hundred percent you know, they did. They're greedy and they don't put effort into their games as much. Anyway, though, um, we should probably look. Some of the news around Montreal too is so apparently Vincent LeCavalier will not be assistant to the GM. They are looking to bring him on. This is from Pierre LeBrun. It's not official yet, and the big sort of roadblock is that. Uh, Vincent Lacavalle wants to stay in Tampa with his family. Fair enough. You can still think that maybe they're going to figure something out like Detroit have done with Nico Lindstrom. But it's just funny that it, it's there's nothing simple. Nothing simple at all about Vincent Lacavalle coming to Montreal all these years later. So frustrating. Amber, and now it's I, big I remember
1: all the rumors before when he was supposed to go to Montreal. Well,
0: recently Here's what's really silly is the like two weeks ago, like somebody leaked what that original package was supposed to be to bring him to Montreal. And it was like everyone there was Price, Subban, Patrick were all in the deal. That would have destroyed the Canadians, if you look at it now. Imagine if Tampa Bay had gotten Carey Price. Oh my they, God. No, 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 no. <laughs> my goodness, they would never have to like need Vasilevsky because they have they would have the better goalie anyway. I said it, suck it. Same sort of momentum carried over to the Columbus Blue Jackets game. What's funny about that game, too, is this is from John Liu. It was the first has one goal regulation loss since December 7th.
2: Whoa. Take
0: that in. That's how bad it's been. Um, and another thing is Kane Primo's finally been sent down to the AHL, and they brought in a goalie to help in relief. We know Sam is probably not 100% healthy right now, and they bring in Alex the Hamburglar. Andrew Hammond is back.
2: That's exciting. I, I, I didn't even realize he was playing for Minnesota, but that that is that is okay. Um, no, I think for me when I saw that trade, like it, there's, it's literally all you need. Caden Primo should not be playing in the NHL right now, especially with what's in front of him. Like you're putting him in an absolutely lose lose situation. He can't be playing consistently in the NHL, and when the team in front of him is performing that in the fashion that it is, it's just not gonna. It's not gonna end well. And the idea that you just keep running him out there, it's going to ruin his development. Like that's just, I, I, I believe that. Like if you just keep running him out there like that. Yeah,
0: hundred uh, percent. But you, listen, it's a small sample size, but so far the Canadians, they're in games a lot longer right now than they have been. Almost to the end of the third, they've been in games, which is has not been the case in Montreal for a couple weeks now, maybe even months if you really, really want to stretch it. The Columbus game hurt, though. The Columbus game hurt because they were Sam Mambo was playing so well. I think he was north of 40 saves. Last minute of the game, Pat, Patrick Laine gets, you know, the one guy, you know, one getting the clean look, gets a power play goal with, I think it was like 16 seconds left, not even that. Uh, and it was off a Jeff Petrie penalty. That was a little needless, a little reckless towards the end of the game. Um, it's just, it, Jeff Petrie, I don't think, can wait to get out of Montreal right now. It's at some point, it's just, he, he's so much better. I know I've been critical of him, and I still think he has to go. But my goodness, is there's just something wrong with him. You know it's mental, but, you know, you could, Sam Maupinbo, Daniel, I know you saw it. Alex, did you see the look on Sam Mambo's face when he was on the bench for the extra attacker?
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: He looks so sad. This is like the third game in like three weeks that he's brought the Canadians so close to winning a game, and they've just let him down. It's a shame. I really like Sam Mambo, but they just I just keep letting him down. Oh boy! Oh, they're showing some of the shot, the shot stuff for their last few games. Am
1: so I guess, like right now, for you guys, what do you? Think, because for like, I remember writing for the hockey writers that you know Andrew Hammond is a perfect insurance policy as a taxi squad goalie. But I guess Montreal is not, you know, in the same situation as a lot of teams when it comes to injuries or their goaltending. So what do you think? how what how, how, how many games do you think he's going to get in?
0: Oh, that's really, it's going to be a good number. You imagine it's just, it's, um, it's basically a good number until Jake Allen gets back. You'd imagine.
2: And this, so this is, this is what's going to should happen is so they're going to play, right. Um, Hammond's going to play, uh, Montembeau going to come back or he's, I know he's here, but he's not a hundred percent healthy. Right. That's what.
0: They think so he, he may need wrist surgery. Oh,
2: okay. Well, if he does, let's say he doesn't need surgery. Uh, and Jake Allen's gonna come back at that moment when Jake Allen, they're both good. You can if I'm Ken Hughes, I call up Ken Holland. I say, Hey, Ken, I got a goalie for you. And then you trade Ken uh trade Andrew Hammond to the Edmonton Oilers and you hang up, up the at, phone.
0: You up at me. I'll take a seventh if you want. So I'm just looking at some of their games here. So they've got a few days off. I don't think they play again till Thursday if I'm looking at this right, which is kind of crazy to think of. Uh that's against St. Louis, so that's a good team. Maybe get him in there, he can get a few, you know, things of Eric Bremond. Then they play against against like Sunday on the Islanders. Maybe you can you can play him there. That will be a super busy game. Um Leafs on Monday, on that's the 21st. I don't think Allen's going to be back for that, so uh, or maybe you swap around the games and you throw Mottenbow in for the Islanders and then Hammond against the Leafs or, or now you will probably Montembeau. I think he's earned that start, but that is, that's not going to be a fun game for either of those guys. um And then the Sabres again on the 23rd, you could probably do, yeah, maybe you just do St. Louis and the Leafs for Mottenbow and then Sabres and Islanders for Hammond. Um, and that will take you for like another week and a little bit. I think that's fine. fair. And then game after that's against the Sens. Who knows? But uh, it's just really dependent on when Allen gets back.
1: It has to be Andrew Hammond, though, against the Sens. It? Yeah. it has to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah, by be. that
0: time, yeah, no, you'd like to get the revenge tour. You, you know what's funny be. is that was actually – that was Andrew Hammond's second stint with the Iowa Wild in the AHL. I was doing some hockey DB research, and it's the second time he's been there. He had a few years he was in like Milwaukee or something. He's been around. He's
2: it's really yeah, weird. yeah. Yeah, he's been
0: around. Old man. He's already 34. He's he just he doesn't look super old either. So we'll see what happens. Um, some other stuff is Ben Benchirat, it looked like he hurt himself yesterday. He finished the game. Now he's on IR. Apparently, um Renault Lavos saying it shouldn't be long-term, uh, maybe a bit of a precautionary thing here. What's funny is yesterday Dan Robertson. Uh, a guy who actually does some commentary for some Habs games. Uh, normally, it's like him or Brian Mudrick for TSN. Um, he actually reported that it sounds like interest on Petrie was starting to heat up a bit. So maybe once he gets back and, you know, they show he's healthy again, maybe we could see a Sherrod trade sooner rather than later. And we're all kind of waiting for that first domino to fall. Yeah. Maybe once he's healthy, Sherat could be the first one.
2: I, I saw someone... Uh... I, and I couldn't find the tweet this morning. And it's, it's, uh, oh, no, I sent it to you guys. I will find it, but it was about Ben Sherrod. And uh, apparently, you know, it might be a good idea for the LA Kings.
0: That was no Dan Robinson. <laughs>
2: that was Dan Robinson.
0: Yeah, that was him. Yes.
2: The Bergeron effect, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, the Bergeron effect is real.
0: You don't need Alex Turcotte, <laughs> right? Quentin so, you know, Byfield? now. you just sell no. them, to Montreal. You don't need him.
1: I found another tweet, too, where um, it was during the NBA trade uh, trade deadline. And it was, it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I'm going to look for it now. But it's just, you know, like the you know, when they compare, like, the two dogs.
0: Yeah, it's like meme? The, the buff dog. And it's like James Harden gets traded to the other yeah. side of the thingy. Like, other side of the league. And then it's a small dog. And it's like, ooh, Ben off for a first. That's a big one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> then, like, the way the um, – like, I think Donald also tweeted about it. But just the way we – we go into deadlines like just in general about any sport that there's always these huge rumors. And I think for the first time in the NBA, it's like the ones that you just thought of but were the biggest ones actually happened. And then for me now it's like going into the NHL trade deadline. I really hope that teams are just are just like that. It's like, okay, let's spend
2: Let's Do let's get spend? nuts. Yeah. Same it's so funny that like that comparison between the NBA and the NHL, because I was with Donald on Thursday during the NBA tra- trade deadline, as we're talking about trades that are happening. Uh, obviously there was a Goran Dragic trade, which was, I guess, minor, but like it was the Raptors. So we were talking about it and we kind of got up to the point where we were talking about James Harden being traded. Who's a star in the league. Like it's mm-hmm. a big, huge name. Yeah, and and then we're then we start talking about like hockey and stuff and like the, the trade deadline. And I'm like, yeah, Ben Sherat is like the biggest thing that's going to be moved. Oh, so you know, the Panthers <laughs>
0: don't want to give up too much for Jacob Chickering. Like, why do you think I get so upset when I keep hearing like no one wants to give up any prospect? Man. Remember, there was that there were whispers. I don't think it ended up being true, but when the Knicks were in for the lottery for Zion, there was whispers of maybe they're going to package it for Anthony Davis, and it's like that's the first overall pick that never happens, in the in in, in um uh, ultimately didn't happen because you know, ended up going to the Pelicans. But it's just this thing of like, who cares about you know. I, I, no offense, Solis fans. Right? I'm just thinking of this. What, Maddie Neves or Knives? Who keeps a crap about Knives? Go get Chicken! Like, I want NHLers to have this, or like executives, just, just go for it. Get nuts. Look at how sick Vegas is. And they're just like, we're going to go for it. We're going to get nuts. What was the last big multiple player extravaganza trade deadline move? Because I'm thinking it was the JT Miller-Ryan McDonough trade to Tampa.
1: I'm thinking columbus remember they did all those deals
0: yeah but but no, stone was I, like a for like a first and a and it was um it was eric
1: brandstrom, brandstrom. yeah in a second but with columbus it was, was like uh, the an- duchene conditions i think on all of those with like lassie thompson going to ottawa
2: the, the, the one the, yeah. the one that came out of absolutely nowhere and i think it was quite surprising when it happened and anyway. Ant- anthony Manta going oh, from yeah. Detroit to Washington. Like, that caught everyone off guard.
1: That was like a 2.58 p.m. trade. Yeah, like, that that, like that one genuinely caught
2: people off guard.
0: And the conditions on it, you knew that had been going for a while, but yeah. no one heard a single whisper of it, which is hilarious how well that was kept under wraps. But even that's, like, no offense to to Vrana and Manta, but are those stars? You know, even though on both their teams, I mean, Vrana was, like, th- fourth fiddle in terms of star power on Cap the, what, the Capitals? So, yeah, he was one of their best even strength producers, but was he – he wasn't Ovi, he wasn't Oshi. he wasn't Carlson, he wasn't Kuznetsov, he wasn't Baxter, you know, that kind of – like big trade, but it's it's like – who? Mark Stone's the biggest name? No offense to Mark Stone. He's a superstar, that's fair, but that was just a – think of it, you're in that sort of true go-for-it type where you have all these picks – how much would like a Mark Stone caliber player go for, if for like an NBA comparison? Like who's a good comparison? Kawhi, not as like a super like can still score, but like defensively is a masterclass type player. You know what I mean? Like that would be a super like oh my god, look at this! I just dropped a highlighter. Like I just want I want that zest in there. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, goodness gracious, I got yeah. traded for. Who, who's a pending, like,
1: star right now? Like, pending UFA right now in the, NBA, in the NHL?
0: Hurdle? Kadri? Um, yeah. Malkin? Yeah, uh, and none a. of those
2: guys are going to get moved. Like,
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but why? But
2: I, I think the difference is, though, is why would Colorado trade Kadri? Like, what's the point?
0: So, like okay, you're well, not
2: supposed to make the trade to make the
0: trade. Like let, let's look at another team and look. Like, so who's like a team that has a free agent that is clearly not going to make it? There is no excuse why Mark Andre Fleury shouldn't get moved, right? Or if you're the Ducks, well, obviously that's I a different him.
2: situation. He yeah. has a no trade. Clause. I think I think what I mean. It's yeah. still like.
0: You, as the Vegas Golden, oh no, as the Chicago Blackhawks, should be doing your best to convince Flurry listen, dude, this is for the betterment of the franchise. Or if you're the Sharks, it seems like the hurdle contract's going a certain way and they're still waiting for him to hear it. Like the Ducks, I still think they should hold on to their players and try and go on a run to be great for Z Grass. But if this was, if you're being really smart, you're trading Manson and Lindholm because you're not good enough. And Raquel. Like, this is the thing, and, Raquel, and well, Raquel should have been, what was it? I said, if Raquel wasn't dealt by the draft last year, I think they made the mistake not dealing him at the deadline, and look how it went since then. Um, I just think, the thing with the NHL is, I feel like general managers have this say of, like, you never know what's going what's gonna to happen to you make the playoffs. But every year, whoever wins the cup, it wasn't last time someone won the cup where it was like, you didn't expect that team to do it. Even when Washington won, it wasn't supposed to be their year, but they had been the Washington Capitals, one of the best teams in the league for a decade. Like, yeah, Say what yeah. you want, the Stars probably shouldn't have made it to the finals, the Habs, but they didn't win it in the end My breaking heart. I love you, Montreal, but you know what I mean? It's like, there's delusion within the sort of mindset of general managers in the NHL. Like, I, what are the Jets going to do? The Jets aren't good enough, and they're going to be like probably steadfast.
2: I, I mean, it doesn't help that half the league is up against a salary cap and then another half of the teams are working on an internal cap like uh, it, it's kind of ridiculous like do you i don't think the nhl has the capabilities to pull off a move like a james harden trade at the deadline yeah i not think- be not be sorry
1: go ahead Oh, go on you sure no, no go ahead Okay. i oh, sorry for interrupting. Um, I think, uh, okay. There's one example I have is um, the Woj feature he had recently about how the trade went down between Harden and Ben Simmons. Um, I think the biggest thing with that is just in terms of the culture of the leagues, um, he spoke about a lot of like personal details about what was going on in each person's life. Like one example was like James Harden's 32 and he still parties. Like he's like a 23 year old. And like, he likes to go out and like, even before practices, like he's a guy that likes to go out and it's just like, okay, I guess that's socially acceptable if you're a superstar in the NBA. And those were things that they were thinking that were detrimental towards the team that they wanted to get value for him now. But the way these narratives were going, or even on Ben Simmons side that they were showing that this guy, did not want to play. This is what he's going to going through. Like, like, I think they even mentioned that, you know, he's going through therapy right now. I think these are just such details that, if I'm an NHL, like a- from the NHL perspective, it's just like all these things would be under wraps, or it's where they're like, you know, we're not going to deal a guy because it's not going to be like that, or we're not going to let this kind of be in the public eye and show that okay, we're 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 dealing with this. I think it was just the NHL's like, yeah, it like we're just going to figure it out on our own.
0: Richmond doesn't like PK's personality. Banish him to Nashville.
2: So I, I pulled up Winnipeg's uh, cap friendly page. They have three UFAs. Well, they have four, but CJ Seuss, I don't know but like, I don't know what are you going to get for that? Um, um, the, who is that? Right. Like, like, I've heard that guy's name. Right. Right. My, that's my point The Nathan Beaulieu, Andrew cop and Paul Statsney. none of them should be on the team by the end of the year. If you they're not going to make the playoffs,
0: you could get something. Beaulieu could get you a pick because depth defensemen get moved. Like they picked him up for the sake of getting a depth defenseman. I remember years ago, right. stats a center. He can get you something cop. Someone could, someone, someone would definitely pick up Andrew cop. There's, there's stuff there. You can, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm getting really annoyed. Since Kevin, we're just talking about Winnipeg. Yeah. Why don't we talk about Kevin Day off quickly? Sure. Because again, my one word for this past conference is I just felt there were a lot of excuses. I don't know if it's because I've witnessed the Canadians have a season filled with injuries and COVID like no other team has seen before, but I hear like I hear Chevalier make these sort of excuses and I'm just like, no wonder you and Bergevin, you and Bergeron came from Chicago. is this you're saying the same things here. And I find it very weird that because their roster should not be this bad. should not be we've been very quiet about the Jets too. should not be this bad. Even if Kyle Buck's not around the 919, 920 state percentage, I think he's around the 913, that's still a little bit above league average that's giving you a chance to win every night. And I think the advanced numbers show that their, their tandem completely is actually very good. The defense is, I wonder if it still feels patchwork or if, if it's even modern enough, because isn't it kind of funny that Sammy Niku never quite developed there. There's War Hanola's played six games this year. Now the world juniors isn't great for showing how a, a player is going to be um, come to the NHL, but how good was he in the world juniors a couple of years ago? And he's, barely played this year and he didn't play at all last year under Paul Maurice. They kept That's yo-yo-ing when I start him. questioning things.
1: Yeah. They kept yo-yoing him. I remember um, because they were kind of desperate after they lost all those UFAs and he made the team right out of the draft. And then he was pretty solid. And then they sent him down and then he went to uh, Manitoba and then he's like back and forth like that. And I don't think that they, I know it just, I'm not saying it's a Stuart Percy situation right now, but it just kind of starting to feel like that, where he's a guy that he needs consistent playing time. And he's a young guy that you didn't have to kind of, I think someone mentioned it before, but it was, you have to have that set of guys who call up from the AHL where maybe they're, they're a bit older, but they, they could slide in perfectly as a depth kind of guy. And then they're the guys who are like the middle people before you get into the young guys.
0: I never have a time like chance to look at a guy like in the Svechnikov's ice time this year. There were times he was playing a minute per period. That's a more skilled guy. I just wonder if there's a philosophy changing that needs to happen in Winnipeg. Because I, I just I don't trust Trebleday off anymore. I don't know if I still have this Kyle Beach thing in my head here, because I don't think he should have a job. Mr. Trebly, I, I don't think he should. Um and it's just I get you can't replace Dustin Bufflin, but has there not been has not enough time elapsed where you can have a different sort of philosophy about how you can build your defense? Because there were good pieces there. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I wonder if the Jets, they're a top-end team, we know that, but am I going to be snippy? Do I make a Patrick Line joke? I know Dubois is good, but man, Blake Wheeler... Anyway, he's been hasn't been healthy, but he's getting older, he's getting worse. That money could have gone to Patrick Loiney, and you're that much more special. Um, I just there's a lot wrong with the Jets that I don't like. I'm so
1: concerned about the defense too, because it's been, you know, enough time for us to show to show that you know Josh Morsey's not a number one guy. That they don't really have they have quality, but they just don't have like that staff ace defenseman type of guy to kind of lead everything. And I know that's that's it's difficult to kind of just say get a top defenseman. But I think that they've been throwing a lot of money around to just kind of do that patchwork to kind of go, Hey, we're going to be consistent. These three pairings, but we don't really have that guy.
2: To me, when it comes to their defense, like, I I think you make a good point. Like Josh Morrissey isn't a number one defenseman and I'm not trying to crap on Josh Morrissey, but number one defenseman's are extremely limited. I, I think how many could you name on uh, like Hedman, Makar, Fox? I'd put, Yo- I'd put Yossi in there. Yeah. Petrangelo. That's five. And I, I feel like I'm missing somebody, but it's a, it's not as big as maybe we think it is. Um, and I think they've gone the St. Louis route of, okay, we're going to have, we're going to try to bring in multiple really good defensemen who aren't number ones. They might be number twos, but they're probably they're more. There's a few threes in there and it just hasn't worked out the way they want it to. I had a hope with it. Like
1: I've, I've talked to you guys about like about this last. Oh my gosh. It's been two years already, but the last two years about Dylan DeMello or they go in and bring another guy like that, like a Brendan Dylan, that they they try to stabilize things with these like quality defensive defensemen and it's true. It just hasn't worked out the, the way I thought it would.
0: I think we're all a little disappointed in Winnipeg, right? Because so there's them, so much yeah.
1: skill there. There's so much like potential there.
0: I mean, they got like Kyle Connor's nasty, Nick Ayler's is nasty. I don't know how I feel about Mark Tinsley, but you know, he's been better this part of the season. I'd say, even though his defensive numbers are apparently, well, they've always been bad, but. They seem to be especially bad nowadays. Um,
2: so. they, they just their top six is I think ext- is very good. They have an extremely good goaltender, an extremely good goaltender. I'm, I'm not sure what we're missing here.
0: It's maybe it's a systems thing. I mean Maurice said they needed a new voice and is Dave Lowry that much of a, a different voice? Uh, I probably don't think so. And maybe it's a coaching thing. Maybe they've got to change things around. We'll is, see Dave, what is
2: Dave Lowry interim?
0: I believe he is. Yes.
2: Yeah, he is. He is. Okay.
0: All right. Shall we look at another team here to see what's up? Sure. Okay. How about we go to...
2: Today's episode is brought to you by Pair Networks. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Choosing a website hosting service that makes it simple like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design and they have guaranteed US-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you will receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit pair.com/free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the quote quick start that's pair slash free promo code quick start all one word to get started today
0: the edmonton oilers awesome (laughs) okay so their Tippett was fired earlier this week which you know i think we all sort of saw coming eventually aka the Oilers had two, three good games. You know, as we know, when they got Evander Kane, they beat Montreal. I'm so happy for you guys. Congratulations. Um, but then they had two very difficult losses when they came back from the All-Star game. Um, Mike Smith was not great to start one of those games, by the way, and then the game went back-to-back in them. Uh, even got the Bronx cheer from the crowd. Say what you want about the passes. You need a save early in the game. You just do. And tip it goes. Jay Woodcroft comes in in the meantime, guy who apparently has been doing a great job with the Condors. Uh, before we go into Ken Holland's press conference, because it felt like the best thing he – I don't think he did Woodcroft a lot of credit in the press conference. All he said – and they didn't do it together. It was separate. Um, but all he could really say was, "I right, was a video coach, watches a lot of film, likes the details. And you, as a fan, I could say, well, clearly I'm qualified to be head coach because I watch a lot of hockey. Um, now actually listening to Woodcross press conferences, I've been listening to Ed, his first one in a few of his post games. The guy sounds like Babcock the way he talks, but he actually, he's actually a bit of fresh air when you listen to him. Um, very unselfish guy, very much seems to favor, you know, um, he, the thing was like, this isn't about me. This is about the team. Of course, you know, they won his first game with him. I, I I like the dude and apparently they seem to be revamping the penalty kill I haven't seen their lines lately, but his first practice, he had the center depth as McDavid, dry on Nugent Hopkins. We'll see what happens, but I just, your guys initial impression on Woodcroft because I actually, I kind of like him so far.
2: Uh, I think you, what you said was kind of spot on. Like it's a breath of fresh air. Like this is what the team needs. Um, it's just the way it went down. It feels so wrong. Uh, but I'm happy that there if if this changes the Edmonton Oilers, hallelujah. Everybody in Edmonton should love this guy if things change.
1: For me, I for me, I think it's a lot more about the practicality of things where you don't see the team. He notices what I think we see is that when you mentioned the Nugent Hopkins on the third line that things were just way too top heavy for this team that they kept rolling the same things over and over again, trying to get different results. And I think at this point you just have to kind of see what you have and you're going to have to just roll with it and, but just find different ways to do it. I think the Oilers just needed that reset. I think that this probably for me, it's a month late that uh, this happened, but yeah. You know, that they're trying something new to a certain extent. And, you know, I don't know. Well, I'll be the optimist here. Maybe they'll salvage the season. Maybe they'll finish strong. But at this point, I think, like, this is just another change that's going to really kind of affect, I think, in the off season of not, not a, st- a stability kind of standpoint of things, but more of more questions to be asked. Like, okay, so what's the status of our stars? What's the status of our guys that are here? That's supposed to be the building blocks. Like, are we really showing them that we're committed to winning? Are we committed to really kind of showing them that there's longevity in a system we want to build? Because I think someone mentioned, this is like the sixth coach for Conor McDavid or seventh.
0: Um, I want to say it was like fourth. I think it's fourth in his seventh season. Somebody said six, but I could swear this is his seventh season, but it's so who's it been? There's, so, Woodcroft, Tippett, McLennan,
2: Ralph um, Kruger, um, Hitchcock, 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 Kruger. Did he?
0: No, he didn't have Ralph Kruger. Wasn't that Buffalo?
2: Uh, no, he didn't have Ralph Kruger. So, McDavid came in in 2015, right? Uh, I
0: think so.
2: So, it was
0: you
2: know Todd McClellan from 1516 to 1819. Okay, you have it up. Then Ken Hitchcock. For that, the rest of the year,
0: Dave year, Tippett though.
2: from nineteen twenty to twenty one twenty two, obviously, and now Jay Woodcroft.
0: Yeah, I just I have their lists up of the coaches they've had in the two thousands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven coaches since two thousand. That is they just, as an organization. So, then how many does does new have? Because it's even more than uh, that. What, what, what you know year? Nuge and what year was yeah?
1: It? 2011?
2: 2011 oh,
0: 2011 so his would have been mctavish yeah. oh no no wait wait what the heck oh no he was re okay so that would have been tom remy he had ralph kruger dallas egan's todd nelson then and hitchcock tippet McCross. oh goodness gracious i'm so sorry so going to ken holland himself though my one word for this press conference was lost if I was an Oilers fan watching that press conference, I would be so concerned about the team. First off, you could, i swear—him and Babcock must be such good friends because they're—they're they're good men, good men. Like I understand, he was like you know, good men lost their jobs. They good hockey men, but you know, you understand. You want to? I don't. You know, I think Tippett was dealt a bad hand, to be honest. Um, and I think Mike Hoffman just timed the game. Let's go. <laughs> um, uh, <when> I, hey, <laughs> um, going on though. Sorry, Danny What were you going to say? That
1: oh, uh, just on um, the part you mentioned before the Mike Hoffman call was uh the good men quote. Um, in my notes, I wrote down um Alex's point he made I think two seasons ago, where it's like, listen, Cody CC, I'd have a beer with him, yeah, but absolutely. I wouldn't put him on the ice.
0: Norris Trophy winner in NHL 22. Apparently, <laughs> someone threw that clip in, in one of our great chats. Like when. When your GM describes your season up and down like a toilet bowl, even though it was one good up and it's been down since, except for two games. I just, you know what really, really worried me? I heard the name Keith Gretzky more than I did Conor McDavid in that entire press conference, which really, really, really concerned me.
2: Uh, He, yeah. That should be concerning. Like it, it, I think you're you were spot on when you said it, it was a mess. He was a mess. He did not. To me, to me, I, I did not think Ken Holland was con, is confident in his team at all. Maybe that's the way he speaks. But I watched Kevin Cheval Dayoff speak. I watched Don Sweeney speak, and I know we'll get to that. I watched Martin Saint Louis speak. I watched Ken uh, Kent Hughes, uh, Jeff Gordon, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They all seem confident in their team or in the organization. I did not get that at all.
1: I think he's getting to a point now with Ken Holland that for me, I just saw a bit of frustration there where the confidence isn't there because I think for him, he's reached a point that he's probably thinking, he's probably thinking that, and it's, we see it in a different way that he's like, Hey, I gave you all of this. I put in all of this money for all these things. Um, how are you being so ungr- ungrateful and not succeeding on the ice? Like that's what I kind of felt when he mentioned the Cody CC contract or he mentioned Adam Larson.
0: Yeah. We, we lost some punk movies. We lost Adam Larson. Like what? Uh, 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 what? <laughs> yeah. What's fairly funny about that too, is is Adam Larson for those listening who didn't remember, he or don't remember. He left for the exact same contract in Seattle. Yeah. He he left which was the right thing for him because you know like he, he was right as he started to play well for Edmonton he's like okay bye you've kind of treated me like garbage for all these years i'm going to go now. There were some lines that, that Holland also talked to. Listen, i know what you mean now C- compared to he just kind of has that sort of his tone is almost normally sounds unsure but compared to his last press conference there was more con- he just sounds so confused like even more so you know what I mean? Like comparing the two press conferences, there is definitely some worry there. The the it's in the room answer was, was thrown out there. When you hear that, pro tip, if you're getting into hockey and you're a fan of a team and you watch a press conference. By the way, anytime a GM speaks, you have to listen to it. If you hear the term, the answer is in the room, panic. So, he again, he once again used the line of, it's on me, I built this team, which for, if I'm Daryl Cates, I'm saying, okay, well, I guess you're going to be gone in the offseason, but look at the damage he's already done. And someone asked about the Oilers' identity, right? And his whole thing was, well, we play tough and we cycle the puck. Dude, dude, dude that's a, Michelle Therrien used to say that, we're going to be fancy cycling the puck. You have to cycle the fuck. That's part of modern hockey, you doofus. What do you think? You've called McDavid. You don't know what your identity is? Like, let me, like, what is it? What is the Oilers' identity? And you can't just say McDavid and Dreisaitl. What is it? What, what makes the Oilers special?
2: Um, McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's what makes the Oilers special. From day one. From day one. Before Ken Holland was here under Peter Chiarelli, that was them. That's what made them special.
0: So then what are, and then here's the next question then, then what do the other 10 forwards, six defensemen and two goalies, what are they all about? Because now what's worrying is inside of trading, Darren Jagger was talking about, as opposed to defense, the Oilers are more concerned about their defense and they're looking for around a um, like a two, three, four defenseman. When you just brought in CeCe and Keith, and traded Ethan Bear, who's been good in Carolina. Surprise, surprise. It was isn't good when he got to Carolina. Just a little lost here, Ken. Just a little lost is, is just, what are you doing, man?
2: I, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Can, can I say, though, that press conference felt very Pierre Dorian-esque. Just the entire thing. I... I I don't know if it's just me. I feel bad for Dave Tippett. Like I, I think he was thrown under the bus. Last month, when when did Ken Holland have that press conference where he said, I don't fire my coaches midseason?
0: I don't even think it was a calendar month ago. What's changed, Ken? What's
2: changed? Like why would why you said I'm not gonna fire my coach midseason? Then you fired your coach midseason. Does, Pierre Dorian said, we're not firing Guy Boucher. A week later, he fired Guy Boucher. Why? Why did you fire Dave Tippett? Dave Tippett's not the problem here. He might be part of the problem. He is not the problem. He's not the roster.
0: The, the roster is the problem. Yeah. That's what it is.
2: A hundred percent. But no, it's Connor McDavid's leadership and Darnell Nurse.
0: Oh, and Actually, there it is, because Mark Spector had an article that was very Mark Spector. Um, what was the line? McDavid's defense couldn't, he couldn't carry Sidney Crosby's a bag. Darno Nurse is more concerned with scoring. Um, just kind of unfair comments. <laughs> I thought, just, well, Darno Nurse, well, I mean, you know, he's got to go and try and score because the Oilers are always playing from behind because they always let him the first goal. And he's, you know, he... shut up, Speck. <laughs> It's also like
1: it was a really unfair piece. It was. It was. It, I so think that was a cheap into, shot like, type of cheap. I think a big thing too is, like, it, it's a trend we've mentioned before where we, we have these guys that come in be these depth guys or these guys that be complementary pieces, and it does succeed, like a Zach Hyman example. But for me, I think about Connor is going to be twenty-five. Leon Hettle is twenty-six. Wow. Um. If you don't have those top three picks, what are you doing when it comes to developing your own depth? Like they've been taking defensemen off the board. They've been getting all these other forwards. And I'm not just thinking about the first round picks. I'm thinking about everywhere else. Like there's guys that within that six, seven year, um like gap, like where are those guys that are coming up and being, you know, regular contributors because we're looking at other contenders. Like we're looking at, I know it's unfair, but I'm looking at Tampa Bay where they don't even always have the top pick, but they're able to develop their own guys through the system. And that's why even this year, after going back to back and they lost so many guys to UFA, there's still guys coming up, like a Matthew Joseph, Anthony Sorelli. I know that that one's kind of, but it's just those examples where you keep the guys in the system and you get the guys that you could actually bring up later on.
0: To be fair, I will defend them a little bit that it, it did like uh, you know, um, and it was it been pretty difficult for this guy not to land. Bouchard's been playing this year, and uh, Broberg, who's been one of the Wincroft guys, I did he I think he gave them gave him some specialized time the other day, and he, he he's been better. But it's just that those are guys going to be more towards the bottom of the line that aren't locked up to turn. Duncan Keith is out apparently concussion protocol. Cassian's out again. That guy past couple of years, people don't talk about how he's, been, he's got term. Um, when those young defensemen that are playing well start to go up and then every part of your lineup is sort of those middling contracts are inflated. You're screwed. You want to know something? I noticed the other day I thought was really funny. So you guys know how um, Bogosian has that multi-year deal in Tampa. You know how they just extended um, what's
2: Pat his name, Pat know, Maroon.
0: Patrick Maroon, but it was like a two-year extension. Tampa are smart that they're not doing what the Kings did in giving Trevor Lewis like a six-year deal or what the Islanders are doing Casey Zeke is getting a six-year deal. Um, something about Tampa that I noticed, I'm like, God, I hate you. I hate that you're being smart about this.
1: You didn't mention Corey Perry.
0: Um, I don't know what you're talking about, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we can move on from the Oilers because you've ruined it. You've just, I don't know what you're talking about. Corey Perry never left. <laughs> I'm sorry. I miss him every day. Oh, he was such a great, he was such a great app. Uh, Don Sweeney, GM of the the Bruins, uh, spoke. Uh, my word here is reserved because he he mastered the art of saying something without saying something. Uh, he never speaks often to Sweeney, so it's always surprised when he when he does. Uh, apparently, they haven't talked to David Krejci, but I'm pretty sure David Krejci has made it known that he'd be open to a return. Uh, and Brad Marchand feels remorseful, guys. I think on that note, we can talk about Mr. Marchand, can't we? Sure. First off, I'd like to offer a congratulations. The most suspended player, most individual suspensions in NHL history. Well done, Brad. Well done. Give it up for him, guys. Come on. Awesome. Give him a clap. Just, I mean, I mean I, you love to see it. I'm so proud of him. Oh. So proud of him. Uh, the so we get a six-game suspension for his brouhaha with, uh, with uh, Tristan Jari in Winnipeg. Uh, He will be appealing it. I do have some quotes, Brad, from Brad Marchand, if you would like me to read them.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, And this is to Fluto Shinwaza. I definitely said that name wrong, and I apologize. Uh, Brad Marchand, was it stupid? Of course it was stupid. I'm not denying that. I I absolutely should not have done it. But suspension-worthy, I don't think so. Very, very hefty suspension for these plays. The only way they can justify that uh, is on the history side of things. These plays were not going to injure Jari. No potential injury uh, on that play. He was still very well protected. The fact that it's six games is based on history, not on that play.
2: Thank you, Brad, for telling us the obvious. Like, uh, am I? I mean this in the most respectful way possible. I feel no sympathy.
0: No, it's Brad Marchand.
2: I feel zero sympathy. For Brad Marsh, like I, I don't know if that was his intention. I don't. I doubt it was. I feel no sympathy. Like they like tripled I down care. on it. You know what I mean? So I mean,
1: like okay, the first time was when he remember when Tristan Dry tried to give a puck to a fan, hit it out of his In hand.
0: That same game, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, that's excusable. But then the two inst like there were two instances. There was the the roughing, and then there was also the stick to the head when he was skating away. That. Like, what do you expect that's going to happen? And it's like, oh, it was a bit too severe for me that you literally did
2: those many things in one game. Sometimes I feel like Don Fear just isn't telling his telling the players how the rules work. Like, yes, it's history. Like, I don't know what you're what what we're talking about here. If it's not Brad Marchand, for sure it's not six games. I almost guarantee you. It's not six games, but Brad Marchand got suspended in November. Brad Marchand has been set suspended six times before this. Like that's how it works. Great, like awesome.
0: <laughs> well, I just love this thing of the most suspended individual in NHL history. Thinks, oh yeah, it's because of the history. Oh, yeah, Brad, because you you don't you don't learn. I don't know what you want me to say, buddy, but you know, yeah, of course, it's like the Spetsa thing. It's like. How the Leafs tried to argue well, if the game was called right, Spetzel would not have flying need that man. Okay, he's still flying need the man. Brad, what, what, you didn't, it was a it? yes. You still punched the guy in the side of the head without him noticing. You still tried to flick his head with your stick. He you still did it, buddy. Shut up. <laughs>
2: I can't, that's it. I don't know. I don't know. What I mean, I was, yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I that's... don't know what else to say because he should have been suspended. I'm of the belief that that was a suspendable play. Yeah. I very much disagree with Brad Marchand on that. But a hundred percent, he was suspended that many games because of his history. The same way Tom Wilson is suspended extra games because of Tom Wilson's history.
0: God, oh, I hate Marchand. I just can't stand him. Um, I think it's the commissioner gets first nod, and uh, and the freaking Jeff Skinner again. Oh it's Jeff Skinner, boys! Come on, come on, boys! Is the title Jeff of the Skinner. episode? Hmm?
1: I think it's the title of the episode. It's Jeff, Jeff Skinner. Skinner. It was Boy, Jeff Skinner again.
0: Jeff Skinner. If he gets a hat trick, I might actually lose my mind. Hold on, I just want to look at this. Nice shot, head up. I think he just beat him clean. Oh, is he on. living up
1: to his contract now?
0: Um, we'll see. Oh, well, friggin' who is that big? Who is the big man screening Sam Maltembo? Who's eighty nine for the Sabers? Is that Tuck?
1: Alex Dander McGillney.
0: It is I not think, that. I think I it think was. So. I think it was. Uh, it was Alex Tuck. Yeah, you just saw poor Mambo to have a chance. You got to clear the big man screening your goalie there, boys. But nice. Okay, Habs through down by one. Halfway through the second. Halfway through the game. Not a good, you know, your roster's not in great shape and Paul Byron's playing second line center, by the way.
1: Yeah, that know, was, like, uh, yeah. I know we talked about Martin Louis already, but when I saw that, I like, oh, okay, he's really changing it up. Like, that reminded me of uh, Leo Komarov on the first line.
0: He, he's, Byron's played in a pinch before, they just don't have anyone else because Dvorak is, we don't know what's up with Christian Dvorak, but, you know, he's here. Uh, suspension news, otherwise around the league. Marcus Foligno gets two games for kneeing Adam Lowry. Uh, their whole thing was it would have been more games if it wasn't the more violent knee he still tried to knee the man um I, you, I can borderline accept it if there wasn't three different I knee can't. incidents this year
2: I can't accept so, it at all no uh, Marcus we love you but what are you doing i'm i jump i'm still of the belief that if that actually if that got more media attention he would have gotten he would have gotten more games like that's just how it works uh, it, like you had precedent earlier this year and you decided not to do that you had precedent and said no screw precedent we're just going to throw games at him i just remember how eventful it was because
1: remember um george peros was supposed to be on michael russo's podcast Yes, and then right when that event happened, a minute before they were supposed to go on air, George Perles is like, "I can't, I can't make the show.
0: <laughs> I got something to do." By the way, guys, I have something to do. I want to celebrate. <laughs> Jeff has tied the game. He's we always done loved them. Trade he value. Never said anything today. Trade value. Oh, you love to see it. Maybe Anderson got a piece in front. I don't think he did. Oh, look at that! Winds up for the shot from the point. That may have gone off a saber or two. I don't know. That's hot. Are we
1: saying that this is the battle of the Jeffs?
0: Uh Jeff Skeeter versus Jeff Petrie. Who ha- who is uh, at the lowest point of rock bottom right now? Let's go, Jeff. Big big dub. Big dub with that big beard of his. He love to see it. Um, okay. Woo. My mom just texted me saying apologize. She already means apologize to Jeff Petrie for all the grief I've given them over the years. Or just this year, but no, I refuse to. Uh the Canucks. So apparently they're interested in Pavel Zaka out of New Jersey. Um, we're not going to talk about too much about that because no offense, don't care. Um, I just find it's really interesting because you got to imagine Rachel Dore, former member of the New Jersey Devils. Now, of course, part um, of the analytical department. Uh, you know, with Vancouver, I just thought that was really neat—a great hire. And you know, looking at hires, the Canucks have made another one, and that's Kami Granato. Uh, she's been snatched up away from Seattle, the rivals. And now she's one of the AGMs along with uh, Emily Caston. Great, Um, my tears. Uh, Now she's in Vancouver, joining, catching Alvin, Jimmy Rutherford. They've got a staff going, eh? They're getting. They got a staff. Imagine that. Remember the beginning of the year when it's like, ah, Jim Benning, and how quickly it's turned around.
2: What a complete 180 for this organization.
0: Like Like a decade ago.
2: They surprised yeah. me a lot.
0: Yeah. Like
1: the Canucks, um, we've talked about them for so long saying like, well, okay, you know, you guys are not changing anything. You're not doing anything right. And they proved me wrong in these this, this short stress right now that they're doing all of these amazing hires, that they're changing everything around it. And again, like, I don't know, that's the theme of the year. Like we, we didn't know Montreal was going to do it. And then we didn't know Vancouver was going to do it. But I think with Vancouver, it was more of the, this was expected to happen a long time ago, and now we're finally seeing it. That it's like they're they're proving me wrong each time. There's like they're as I remember I was listening to the older episodes about what are the Canucks doing? They're wasting Patterson. They're wasting cues. They don't know what they're doing with the contracts, and now they just have a blueprint in place of what they want to do.
0: Hey man, listen. There's something about the Canucks that I'm happy for them. Because I think mean, they've gotten so much grief, including from us on the show. I don't mind being proven a little wrong about the, about the about the Canucks. It'll be interesting to see what they do with with JT Miller, what kind of price they get for it. Um, you'll love to see it.
2: They got grief, rightfully so. Like the way that was going was brutal in like every aspect.
0: Well, oh, you know, Jim Bedding. Just... Somebody's got to edit together his best bits. You know, uh, we're playing well, uh, we like PD, uh, you know we just ran out of time though. It's unfortunate. You know, I'm Jim Betting. You know, we just we really like Jake for Tannin. We think it's unfortunate what happened, but God he sucks. Yeah, oh, god Jim Betting sucks. I'm happy he's gone. And made no one hire him. And now the Haves are a comp organization, it's probably not going to happen with them. So, thank goodness. I can't wait for Edmonton hiring. Oh, oh yes. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Something I couldn't imagine a year ago is that the Coyotes are officially going to play at ASU for the next, I think, three years. Gentlemen, how do we feel about that? It's happening.
1: You know, uh, when all of this uh, COVID stuff is under control. Maybe we should go to a game there. It may be cheaper than a Leafs game or a half I game. I
0: wouldn't be For opposed sure. to that, actually.
2: Oh, it's know. definitely going to be cheaper. Okay, we'll go.
0: Do yeah. so you
2: want my, my honest opinion?
0: I, I hope you give your one, give your okay. honest opinion on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is you've been lying about wanting Ben Chirot. I knew it.
2: <laughs> well, okay, th- about that. Uh, Friedman brought up Ben Sherratt on – on 32 Thoughts Headlines last night. Did not mention the Leafs' name. Every team but the Leafs. Uh, no,
0: the, the Leafs are quiet on that stuff. We know that.
2: Yeah. I'm um, <laughs> just going to quickly move on from that. Uh, the, I, the ASU stuff, I think this is total Bush League. Total. Ooh. Total Bush Ooh. League. What other – okay. Okay. What other league would this happen in? because now remember this is originally we all thought it was contingent on them moving to Tempe, right? The idea was you, you, you move to ASU for three years while they're building this imaginary stadium complex that we've been talking about. Now, I believe I sent it to you guys. Craig Morgan confirmed that that's actually a misconception. It is actually that they're going to go there regardless of whether the arena gets um, approved or not. So what other league would this happen in?
0: (laughs) Um, uh, an imaginary league in a TV show. I honestly
1: just like the only history I know of this are um these are these special like event things. Well, you know when like the Leafs of the Raptors they go to like Humber College or they go to uh, the like they go to York or they go to all these it's places and like they do thing. they open practice. You know what I mean? That's yeah, the only no. time I know that this is happening. <laughs>
0: So what's interesting about this, these kind of is uh, apparently as part of the deal, Arizona State, um, sorry, with the with the deal with Arizona State, uh, the Coyotes agreed to pay rent and construction costs up front. Wait, what? They're I paying rent?
2: They're paying rent to play. Well, and they have to make do they have to pay for the upgrades.
0: Yes. And, okay. now, and what is it? Off. So I think it's ASU. Get there's some dividing with but like they have they maintain the naming rights. How bad is that?
1: You know, it's me of um, you know, how like every time there was like a high school sitcom or a comedy, and then you know, for example, like Saved by the Bell, mm-hmm. and then they always had like a spinoff, it's like the college years for me. It's like right now, it's like the Arizona Coyotes, the college years.
0: i going back to school, man.
2: Every time I listen, I, 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 we talk about this. I feel like I'm in cuckoo land because this doesn't make sense. The, imagine the audacity. And we talked about this when it happened at a press conference in front of, and this was on Sportsnet, this was on YouTube. Gary Bettman said, You know, in one of our projections, the air, they would make more money at ASU than they would in Glendale. Are you charging $2,000 per ticket? Like what projection gave you that number? I want to know, Gary. I want to know because that's unbelievable. unbelievable.
1: You know what they're doing? They're tapping into the uh, our age group of university students that want the Kachina jersey. That's what's going on.
2: With whose name on it? I think Adam brought that up when we talked about it. No one's there long term. Jacob Trickorin, gone. Phil Kessel, gone. Like He's it's Nick Schmaltz, it. Nick <laughs> Schmaltz, and Clayton Keller. That's about it right now.
1: Isn't it funny that with this whole ASU story going on, and as I keep reading updates on it, it makes me want to buy the jersey even more for some reason.
0: That's weird, Daniel. That's I don't know weird.
1: why. I just I don't know. It's Good for you for wanting maybe to I wanna, keep
0: this
2: franchise alive.
1: Maybe I just want to help them, or there's just there's something about it being uncool that it's cool. If that makes sense.
0: Um, I mean, you know, it'd be cooler if they were in Quebec. Mm. You know, don't mind me; I'll settle for Houston at this point.
1: And not just the weather. What? When you said it'd be cooler in Quebec? Oh
0: my god. <laughs> Okay, well that's that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Um, okay, we get to t- we oh I didn't even f- mean to finish off like this. Let's talk about the leafs and how everything is falling apart, shall we? Okay, first off, um the leafs apparently this is per 32 thoughts headlines. They're working on moving Nick Ritchie and apparently nothing imminent, but there has been traction the last couple of days. Who's interested? <laughs>
2: Who? arizona Buffalo, be ottawa just seems like oh it. yeah but actually it can't be ottawa cuz technically he makes more money than his cap hit next year so that automatically removes ottawa
1: just pulling on my heartstrings this whole this whole uh, situation
2: you know it honest. is unfortunate that it worked out I, I didn't work out so it didn't work out, yeah. But it's funny, every that's the only one we're talking about of like the five or six moves Dubis made in the offseason. Yep.
0: Here's here's the thing. I'm the telling bad, you, only the bad one. The what's the thing of one stays, one leaves in free agency, one gets waived, one gets traded. Richie Richie's gonna get scratched, waived, traded, and leave in the same season somehow.
2: Yep. He much. had
0: everything together in one Because who else was it? Bunting's working out
2: Bunting's uh, working out is uh, great. great Kasha's great, Comp has been good uh, uh, Biega's been solid
0: No he hasn't uh, uh, Mraz,
2: not Mraz, really? I'm, I, I'm not 100% on Mrazic yet He'll but,
0: be gone in the, have gone in the off season. Josh <laughs>
1: Hosang's an Olympian Wow, yeah. who would expect to get that in a free agency
0: Shout out to Sean Farrell He's killing it by the way, he had a 5.9, let's go
2: I feel like yeah. I feel like I'm missing a name here
0: Uh, well, oh, uh, David Kampf.
2: No, I said D- Comf. David Kampf David um, was, was mentioned.
0: Good. The notable ones, um, maybe forgetting one guy, but those are all the big ones.
2: Yeah, I think that's it.
1: Who, who's that center that, like, Adam? Oh, Brett like, Senny, we, Brett there you go. <laughs> no,
2: no. <laughs> no, I think, like, yeah, like, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out, but I think it's also important to mention that, like, the majority of them have worked out. Yeah. It happens.
0: Yeah, often been Good.
1: Like for every OG Ananobi, there's also a Bruno
0: Caboclo.
2: Yeah, that's sure.
0: Well, you know I, I get I that reference you, barely. You know, how I told you I, my ribs have been hurting since I fell on the stairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just muted my mic to cough and my lungs are killing me. Or oh, no. maybe it's, oh, the it's the ribs, but it, it hurts. Oh, I no. need to cough again. And I just, it hurts.
1: We're on health watch right now with Adam. We are live on the air.
0: I'm going to croak on air. And the value of the podcast is going to go up like I'm a painter or something. I don't know. <laughs> For love of God, after I go, make sure Carey retires. I have. That's all I want. Anyway, I'm looking about the game. Okay. I saw people get really Thank upset you. in that Calgary game about a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but no, hold on. Hold on. Pierre Engvall got away very, very quietly because he's the one who threw that suicide pass to Andre Koccher. People aren't talking about that enough, but that was on him. That was Shoot. a dumb pass to make. Especially, sure, you know, man. the key a is good at one thing, and that's yeah. bacon. Let's go. We're winning. I don't remember the last time they had a lead. Let's go. they that right, Paley. I don't even know. Or was it Armia?
1: <laughs> I remember <laughs> had a friend in high school that he used to get mad at me. Because um, every time he talked about the leaf, he said, We. And I always make the same joke over again because he kept saying, he even said like because he was Italian too. Even said like, oh we, like for Italy or even for Juventus, we. Yeah. And then um, I remember when he's like, yeah, we had a solid night last night, the leaves. And I'm like, what do you mean, we? I didn't see a quarterback in the power play last night. I
2: know. I tried to not say that. I, I, I I'm not
0: I, successful at it. But it, it was Joel Armia. Good. He's doing it. He's doing it. Um, uh, but no, no. What uh, about Angle the balls should be disgusted by himself.
2: So did you guys think the uh, what did you guys think about the hit? It's always weird with tall guys,
1: you know what I mean? Like with Tyler Myers. I know like some of it's not inexcusable, but with like Nikita Zadorov, I don't Kasha, like people are like, oh, he was hunched over. He wasn't hunched over. And his he didn't have his head completely down.
0: You know what I think is like listen, this is my opinion on hits, even if you don't mean to hit the head and you like, for example, if there's head contact made, give it one game, give him one game. Because tall, listen, tall players need to learn to adjust. Mort Siler, did you guys see the hit he threw the other day? Yeah. It was clean to the chest. Okay? Just because you're tall doesn't mean you have your own set of rules. Okay? I'm not over Tyler Myers, I'm pretty sure, concussing Joel Armia last year. Not over it, and there was no call. And think he, heard he, he like gave Evans a head injury, too. Tall players need to freaking learn the boundaries of hitting. Should have been like a major or something. No. Could you give him a penalty maybe for if there's contact in the head? Yeah. But I don't I don't know if you can give that multiple game. I don't know if it's a door or a P defender. I feel like he is because of the hits he threw at throws. But I don't think there was malicious or anything. In that scenario, and you've got the guy lined up perfectly, what's the door going to do? Poke him? No. It's just head contact. I say you always give at least one game. But that's... That was a Dorov's game I I own guy can't get upset with that
2: no, I thought it was actually like teetering the li- I thought it was like just on the line in terms of dirty and clean like I, I don't know I, I, I wasn't sure it. I'm still not sure like what I think about about that hit
0: remember Bufflin remember when Bufflin oh, yeah. like hit hit on Mark Stone That was yeah. completely clean. Bufflin's a big dude
2: he is a big dude
0: Bufflin knows how to do it be like Bufflin
2: sure yeah, yeah no hundred percent.
0: Oh, Coffee, just came back to, to set up a good scoring chance. Give him the selfie. What a great player is Gold Coffee. Who's dumb new What a loser. I love to see Adam happy again about the Habs. I know. It's enjoyed a joy to
1: watch and listen to.
0: Yeah, because you know what? It's just they're actually I don't remember the last time they were honestly, I don't remember the last time they were leading a game.
1: Just, I can't uh, remember. I think Alex is getting upset though, because we, we we explained what a 10-15 minute segment on I'm Nick Richie.
2: I'm not upset. I'm not a. Who said I was upset? Don't dump He's, the words in my mouth. For
0: anyone put, listening for the Leafs, you need to realize that by the end of April, we're not going to talk about the Habs because they have. <laughs> they're not going to be around. I didn't. Wait, wait. wait, wait. That's not even no, discussion. Not Daniel threw either, Daniel put my
2: words in my mouth over here. I didn't. Well, uh, don't worry,
0: I, we're about to talk about the Leafs a good deal here because there's a goaltending controversy. There's not a
2: goaltending controversy.
0: I this think is, the, is
2: the radical Leafs media at it again. And Adam's now just, part of it. Someone call Mike. Radical Leafs Media at it again.
0: h Thompson just tied the game. Oh, well, speaking I of think, big guys, I think it's just Mrazek's been kind of bad all year. No, Gamble's no, he, cooling down.
2: His last down. F- his last, last few games have been his numbers have been okay.
0: Okay, okay, he's getting there. Fine. Okay, let's say this. He had a rough game last night. I think a rough, think of a rough game. I mean, you got out outdueled by Demko, but most guys do. Um,
2: well, I mean, the game was over at three two, so it doesn't really matter. It's a it's a three oh, two league. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, no. I think what it is is Campbell's on. He's maybe getting a little tired. His numbers are going down. as you know, again, this is people got to remember it's Campbell's first full year. I haven't looked at his games play compared to previous years as it stands right now, but I imagine he's starting to get to that plateau.
2: He's already passed it. He's already doubled it, kind of, right? Or In a season? Play- he's played 33 games this year.
0: In 2018 yeah.
2: 19, he played 31. That was his most. Oh. He took a while to get to the NHL. Oh
0: so, yeah, he did. He did. 28 years old. Isn't it fun? Like, Billy Huso is a starter now, and he's only like 27. He looks ten though. It's hilarious. Um, it's, it's weird, man. Billy Hsu—he like, hasn't aged since his draft. Year. It's hilarious. Fun fact:
1: that was the least draft pick.
0: Okay, Daniel. I wasn't gonna say that, but um, okay. I'm
1: sorry. No, they traded it with Carl Gunnarsson for Roman Polak.
0: Okay, <laughs> Roman Polak—that's that, an underrated one. People don't talk about that trade enough. That's a—that's a long one. Um, going back to the Calgary game, though, it's just you know when they start going back like straight goaltending here is, you know. Morazic has to play a little more because Campbell needs to rest. And, sure. you know, it didn't help that Morazic was glass for the first half of the year, Yeah, which is, you know, the, the risk you run with Morazic, but he's just got a, he has to play more. He has to play more because they need Campbell fresh for the playoffs. It's that simple.
2: It really is. Like
1: it, um, it's pretty much down to that. Avoid the Frederick Anderson scenario basically mm-hmm. with this. And I think, yeah, Peter Morazic, he's a guy like when he gets in, he get hot. It's just he needs to play a lot more than what they're doing with the back-to-backs.
0: I think uh, this ain't like 2018 anymore. No. We need the balance of the goalies. And, you know, listen, one goalie in the league, maybe two now, they can play 70 games. And Vasilevsky is not going to be able to do that forever because he's getting a lot of games under his belt nowadays with the deep playoff friends at Tampa are taking bucks gonna is normally out of gas by the time the playoffs eventually come around still good but you know there's still a bit of uh, you know maybe you know, a few more dollars well a significant amount of dollars because gas prices are insane right now um, <laughs> Alex is like yeah I gotta go to golf uh, whole thing whole thing <laughs> um you know but goaltending controversy Jack Campbell doesn't get a Saturday night game versus a fellow Canadian team I'm surprised people were complaining that Jim uh, not Jim use that um Never mind. I was gonna make a commentary joke, but I can't do it. My ribs hurt too much. Craig Simpson? Why did I... sorry? Craig Simpson? N- not not Craig Simpson, no. Um, no Jim I Houston. can't remember his name at this Jim very Jim. second. Not Jim, Jim. Houston either, no. Um I want to go to the Calgary game for a second here for a very specific reason. It caused a lot of uh, a big a big situation, a brouhaha on Leafs Twitter, I think it's fair to say. Oh, that's easy to do. Playoff standards.
2: Uh, in, in, what, in what respect?
0: The Calgary Flames are coached by a man who has won a few Stanley Cups and coaches all season like in a sort of playoff mold, a very heavy style with Daryl Sutter. We know that. Yep. Um, the Leafs did not have a great game. You know, maybe a bit of zest in the back half of it, but, you know, it wasn't quite. I, I, I actually got to watch both games because the Habs are playing afternoon games because, you know. Great. Oh, but remember when the Habs had to play the Canucks at eleven p.m. and the Leafs got a seven p.m. matinee? I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad about staying up to one Center thirty AM watching games. You know, it's just, you know, it's just you know, we gotta, you know so great. Yeah, you know, I love sports. And hometown for back to back. I'll just say it, don't, yeah. A lot was made because the Leafs in heavier style games seemed to struggle. And a lot was made towards one Stephen Dangle. Who would the three of us have a great number, like a great, not like great number, uh, have a lot of respect for that man? Should we really be that worried about Alex? That game, especially, is it worth it having a headache about that game? I think it was a Thursday game against the Calgary Flames. On oh, yeah, all this, is it worth dissecting that game to the amount that we might be doing here now, or do you pass it over? Are Least fans justified in worrying about that game, or are you on the other side of the camp of saying, God, just
2: chill." I'm gonna I'm gonna actually give you a third option because it's crazy. Okay. I know I know this might sound radical, this might sound nuts, but both things can be true. It's the regular season; it means nothing. This season for the Leafs, I think we've all come to agreement on this, means nothing really does. Like, they're a playoff. They should make the playoffs. It means nothing. But what has happened the last four years? Good Um, regular season.
0: Yeah.
2: Absolute dump truck in the playoffs. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: That's what it is. Like, I think people can be worried. I think people have every right to be worried. I'm a little bit worried myself because the playoffs and the regular season are are genuinely two different games, right? Like they are. They're they're um, the refs are calling the rule book for 82 games, and then it kind of disappears. It does. So again, like yes, I I think everyone should have a little bit of a right to be concerned about this game.
0: What about you, Daniel?
2: Um, I don't know. I think for
1: me, the Calgary game was kind of like, you know, it was deflating because I think what everyone was saying, like, oh, the Leafs are off of the high horse now, at least for the winning streak. And Calgary one was kind of deflating, but I think that you're, you know, you're just nitpicking at this point because it keeps going that back and forth. It's like, oh, we don't have skill in the bottom six or we're too top. He- we're too heavy. And then we go against a heavy team. and It's like, Hey, why do we not have like, and I'm going off. Random here, but like, oh, why didn't he have like a Wayne Simmons, Nick Ritchie Kyle Clifford out there kind of thing? And I think, right? Yeah. And I think that's just that excuse that there's that, that the Gleaves are not a tough team to play against. And I think that's not true. I think it's just, we, we don't give enough credit to the fact that the Flames are good again, that that happens. Or even for the Canucks game, when we look at that one and it's not the Jim Benning Canucks anymore, you know, they're, they're, they're a bit more organized now. There's a bit more of a system there now that it's a quality team. So, you know, I, they didn't lose, like, 6 nothing. <laughs> talking about these were close games. These were hard-fought game. Well, the Flames game was kind of weird, but the Canucks game, it was close.
0: Can I talk a little bit about Simmons, please? No offense, but if you have Simmons and Richie in the lineup... Is that going to get the Flames away from their entire identity? No, it's not. No offense. Wayne Simmons is going to punch your face. Wayne Simmons ain't going to break your lineup. And if he does, then I think, you know, you you look at changing a few things. Wayne Simmons of 2022 is the big problem here. Listen, here's the way I look at it, right? If you're going to get annoyed, if you're going to freak out, if you're going to get upset, Save it if they lose against Montreal. Save it because that's a bad team. The Arizona loss, you can get upset about that. At some point, this is just a general life thing as I adjust myself on my chair with much pain in my body because my tailbone is very much hurt. Sports are supposed to be an escape. The Canadians have won one game in 2022, and I'm finding the positives in Marty St. Louis. If you talked to me a week ago, I wasn't so positive. I'm a massive hypocrite, but we're going to choose to ignore that. Just take a breath. Relax. Here's the thing. I always, you gotta, you've got to appreciate greatness in its moment, right? Austin Matthews feels like he scores every game. Mitch Marner's been great. And I think sometimes you have to appreciate that. Um, In the moment I know a lot of it is Doesn't mean anything until we get to the playoffs Well here's the thing If you expect the bad thing to happen The bad thing's gonna happen You know what I mean Just breathe Enjoy that you have an embarrassment of elite talent To watch for 82 games Because my goodness I wish Montreal had half that talent And if you want to get upset at the playoffs Get upset at the playoffs Ignore that they just had a six game winning streak if you want. Just relax.
2: I partially good teams
0: lose to good good teams. They just beat Carolina! I I I
2: disagree. I I understand, but you can freak out about losing arizona but the games you you are going to dissect every single time when you are are an extremely good team should be the teams that are of equal status to you when they play the carolina hurricanes when they play the new york rangers when they play the colorado avalanche those are the teams who are going to you're going to face in the playoffs if you can't keep up with them in the regular season what gives you any Why would you expect them to keep up with them in the playoffs? Because the playoffs is a different game. Like that's just the reality. Um, I'm, I'm. I agree with you. Like everyone, just freaking chill out. Like calm down. But still, those games are. Those games should be the ones that we dissect. I don't. They could blow a five-one lead to Ottawa. I'll be freaking pissed, but I'm not going to dissect that game the same way I would if they get spanked 7-1 to Pittsburgh.
0: Okay, how about this then? If you're going to freak out, don't freak out against a Western team. Okay, so let's say, okay, fair enough, measuring against Carolina. You're probably going to have to beat Carolina to get to the cup final, right? Sure. Worry more about games against – listen, no offense – I wouldn't give a damn about a game against the Flames, because what I'm worried about, you don't. First off, the Flames have to make it. The Flames aren't guaranteed to make the playoffs, right? It's very tight in the West, especially for that conference. It's like for the wild card. It's a race right now. The Kings are in it. It's really impressive to watch. Even the teams just outside Vancouver, Edmonton, they can make it. Especially if it's like them and, and, and uh, Edmonton make it up to, you know, into the first round in you know, a divisional spot in Battle of Alberta. It's going to be great stuff. They have to get through Vegas and Colorado. St. Louis, Minnesota, in there. Here's the thing. If I'm the least fan, I am worrying much more about Florida right now, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Pittsburgh, because if they had better goaltending, if Pittsburgh had better goaltending, they might have won the cup last year. They should have beat the Islanders. And we know what the Islanders did to Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh probably should have won the cup last year if they had a competent goal. We're looking at that. I worry more about those teams. See, what was this thing again? I think it was oh, crap. It was an NFL season where it was, I want to say, I don't remember who they were playing, but the Steelers were, if they had won their matchup, they were going to face the Patriots, right? But they were looking too much at the Patriots and not at the team in front of them, and they got humiliated. You need to look and take stuff by like day by day and look at the thing in front of you as opposed to what's up the road. Because there's no point worrying about a game against Calgary if you can't get you sorry if you can't get past Tampa in the first round, or Florida in the second, or who knows if the thing works out. You got Boston in the first, Carolina or Pittsburgh in the conference finals. I think there's time to worry, and I just don't. I just personally don't believe a midweek game against the Calgary Flames is enough to get upset about it. And I wonder if Steve, because Steve represents a lot of Leafs fans, um. And there's this almost civil war on him that it's just sort of blowing Ridicu- stuff up on Twitter. It's ridiculous, which is it isn't is very unfair to him. But I, I just think there's just a thing of, and a lot of it's just me saying to Steve, man, just breathe. You're a good guy, and a great kid. He is a Keep great care. guy. Just Steve
2: relax, Steve started the video. Steve started the Calgary video saying, "There's no point in going nuclear on this." Then delivered what he said, which I 100% agree with. By the way. And then everyone else went nuclear on it, which is ironic, right? Because half the people there are telling him to calm down, where he literally started the video saying, there's really no point in going nuclear on this, but there is an issue here. And I think his his point is extremely valid. That being said, some people's that the, the thing with part of this Twitter fan base, because Twitter does not represent mostly fans, to be honest, like it, it's just a re- there's more people on Twitter like there's sorry. There's more people who are not on Twitter that are probably Leaf fans, just the reality. The people on Twitter who do not who are fans of this team but do not like Dubas have this expectation that the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs are the Tampa Bay Lightning of last year. Where they are that I'm of the belief that is one of the best teams in in the cap era, the way it's put together, the the way they made everything work, best team, one of the best teams that that is not going to be replicated. That's not easy to replicate, just the reality. And as soon as these people get it through their, their heads, they'll understand Like Tampa Bay this year is not as good as they were last year. That's just a a fact.
0: It still might be the best team in the league.
2: Right. Which tells you how far ahead they were last year. Embarrassing how good they are. Like they're just, it's the reality is not every team is going to be like that team. So, no, I'm not going to freak, absolutely lose my mind on this. I'm going to be passionate because that's just how I am. But I'm not going to stress over this 24-7. And I suggest many people do the same.
0: On that note, I think it's fair to end the episode there. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, you have good days. People listening have a good day. Um, What you're going to go do now is you should definitely check out the show on Spotify. Apple Podcast, wherever you listen to it. Uh, check it out on YouTube so you can watch the video version of the show. See our beautiful faces. My live reaction is the Habs are you now tied in the third. Eric Angles is on TV. Love to know what he's saying, probably about trading and whatnot. Oh, I shouldn't have thought that. All right. Um, so, Alex, Alex, you said the Bengals, right?
2: I did say the Bengals.
0: And Buddy said the Rams. Daniel did. Um, Dodger Foley said the Rams. How oh, dare he, my dog. What we're doing it for Gallagher, the Bengals voice head. Thank you as always for your fantastic blog for the show. Check out Alex's stuff for the Nighthawks and the blog. Daniel stuff so for CJRU. My YouTube channel. Three videos this week. You should feel you should feel good about that. Never going to happen again, by the way. Um, we'll see you on Wednesday. I think
1: we'll see what happens. Probably hockey. It's fun.